If you've been around CityLight for a while, you've probably noticed that we've recently changed our connections process. In today's episode, I sit down with my fellow CityGroups director, Sarah Butenbach, to talk about what those changes are, why we made them, and what that means for you. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the CityGroup Leader Podcast. I'm joined by Sarah Butenbach, our Midtown CityGroups director again. Sarah, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Trevor. It's great to be back. Great to have you back. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what we're talking about today? We are going to be talking about our connections process as a church. Yeah, we've uh, changed that recently. We've had a number of people notice that we've taken down uh, the link on the website to all of the city groups. We've had people ask about how people are getting connected to groups right now. And we've had a lot of conversations about what's changing about the way that we add people to our city groups. So um, why don't you go ahead and bring us into what our connections process used to be like, and then we can from there shift to what it is now and why we changed it. Sure. Yeah, so very early on, I mean, our, our whole uh, DNA, um, so to speak, is around missional communities. And so the idea was that we were going to have neighborhoods and networks all over the city living as missionaries. And, you know, there was going to be a lot of side door growth through our, our city groups. And then the reality was our Sunday morning gathering was far outpacing um, those groups. And so we needed a way to get people connected on, you know, from the Sunday morning gathering to groups uh, more efficiently. And so um, we tried to just set up processes that that staff people wouldn't be a bottleneck. Right. So. we had our, our groups on the website. It was like, hey, if you want to find a group, reach out to the group leader. Um, that way, it wasn't like one person um, slowing down the ability for somebody to uh, get into a group. So that's kind of been our our main pathway. And of course, we've had you know city group directors that have helped people you know connect personally and that kind of thing. But um, we've really tried to let it be sort of like a self led process um and it has worked relatively well um but i think a few things have shifted one our sunday mornings are not growing as fast as it was in the early days uh two um we have i think more and more people who uh are not as familiar with groups um and then i I do think that that COVID shifted some things too, where there's just, I don't know, like a more isolation and uh, just difficulty, I think, navigating social life again. I don't know. What do you, do you think that's true or? Yeah, I do. Uh, well, first of all, it sounds like what you're saying is our growth outpaced our ability to connect people. And so yes. we had to go to this like opportunity to self-opt in, mm-hmm. uh, to self-initiate into city groups, which yeah. served us when our church was growing really, really fast. Yep. But we've kind of come to some pain points with that where as our church isn't growing as fast, we've had to kind of change our perspective on that. And I do think coming out of COVID has been a big factor in that because people were so lonely, people were so isolated, people were so disconnected to the church. It feels like people are coming back into the church, 
a little bit disoriented Mm -hmm. and a little bit apprehensive. And so we've kind of had to find a way to make that connections process a little bit more purposeful and a little bit more personal Mm -hmm. um, to kind of compensate for the changes that we've experienced as a culture, but also to kind of match, I think, the life stage that we're at as a church community right Right, now. Right, right. Yeah, and I think too, um, you know, if we were to go back and just like check in with people, I think this is more just anecdotal evidence. Um, When you go, oh, did you, you know, are you in a city group? Oh yeah, I looked, but I just felt so overwhelmed or I didn't know where to start or I reached out and uh, didn't hear back from that group leader or whatever. And so we just realized, man, we just need to be way more intentional about this and how do we serve people better? So uh, I've appreciated you coming in with fresh eyes and seeing some gaps that we have and, and saying, hey, how do, we, how do we do this better? How do we love people well? Um, steward the, the people that are coming in, really um, help guide them to the right group, kind of take some of the overwhelm out of it. Um, and then there's just like some silly things, okay? Like we having every city group leader's email address on the website. Do you know how many times somebody has come along and spammed all those people on behalf of Chris Veresca saying, can you please discreetly send me a gift card to this email address? I mean, it's like even just for safety reasons, having those things public, I think maybe isn't the wisest. And so we decided to to take that off from the public website. Um, we still do have a site, but it's more something that we can share personally with people as we meet them. So what are we doing now? What, what would you just describe? How does somebody get connected to a city group now, Trevor? Yeah, great question. Uh, I want to back up just a little bit and kind of explain what prompted the change on my behalf. Uh, You think you gave me a little bit too much credit there in making that change or having fresh eyes because I don't think I initially saw it. Um, I jumped in and just kind of continued the connection process as it was, which was allowing people to opt into city groups on their own. And uh, I got an email or a, a text from a guy who had tried to get connected for three or four different uh, months and was just struggling. Um, felt like he is going through a hard time in life and was struggling to find a group where he could open up about those things or to know which group would be the right place for him mm-hmm. to jump in in his season of life because it was kind of complicated and uh, he was really unsure of what discipleship should look like for him in that season. So he reached out to me and was basically like, hey, we take me to coffee and help me understand what group I should go to. And during that conversation, I just realized, oh my gosh, we are missing a huge opportunity to disciple people who are coming to our church for the very first time. Some of them who haven't been in church in years, some of them who are going through some really difficult life circumstances, uh, and some of them who maybe have been Christians but have never been discipled or never been a part of a community like the one that we have. And uh, I got this guy connected to my city group in part, not because I thought that my city group was like great, but more so like I just wanted to make sure that somebody was there walking alongside him. And the only person I could really hold accountable was myself. So Mm -hmm. I invited him in and we were in city group together for, oh, I don't know, four or five months. And during that time, I just started talking with him like, what would have made your your, your experience better? Uh, What do you wish we would have done that we didn't do? What did we do that we wish we wouldn't have done? And he really kind of helped me think through 
what we could do to kind of match our current process to our current stage as a, as a church community. And out of that, we decided that every person who fills out a connect card should get a follow-up from a staff member who is then going to initiate contact to basically just welcome them into the church community and say, we saw your connect card. We're so glad you're at City Light. We would love to help you take your next step personally. Uh, from there, then that person who I guess you could generically just call our connections process admin will uh, take that person and put them in touch with a staff member who will then reach out and volunteer to take them out to coffee or lunch to get to know them, tell them about the church and to help them take their next step into community, whether that's into men's or women's Bible study or a city group or a serving team or whatever it might be. And uh, during that conversation, a staff member uh, will buy them coffee or lunch. We'll basically just open it up and kind of explain to them that we're doing this because our church is big and we want to make the connections process personal. We'll also explain to them that we want to be really purposeful in helping them grow in their faith. And uh, from there, just get to know them. Ask them about their story and where they're at in their faith. What brought them to City Light, uh, what, they're, what they're looking for in their spiritual journey right now. Then to uh, also just share about themselves so they feel like they have a connection with a staff member that can know and trust, who will share part of their story. And from there, uh, just walk them through kind of at a high level, what is City Light Church? What's our vision? What are our rhythms? What are our values? What does it mean to belong to this church community? Things like giving and serving and being in a city group. What are men's and women's Bible studies? And uh, we just walk them through all of that to help them see this is what it could look like for you to belong to City Light. And then intentionally asking them, hey, what next step do you feel like the Holy Spirit is asking you to take right now? Uh, and then personally making the handoff to whatever the next step might be. You know, that might be joining a city group. And so that person will actually put them in touch with the city group's director, uh, either you at Midtown or me at West, who will then find the right group for them based on their story and help them connect. Or if it's serving teams, in addition to city groups, they'll put them in touch with the serving team director who will help personally match them to a team that they could thrive in and make a difference. And um, then we, we send a, a follow-up thank you that just says, thanks for coming to City Light. Hope you're getting connected and glad you're here. Uh, and from there, once it's distributed, once they've made the personal contact, then it's up to that personal city group, direct, or city group leader, that serve team leader, uh, that Bible study leader who's going to make the final step of welcoming them in. But it's personal every step along the way. It's really intentional to help them see this process is as much about discipleship as it is just about you finding a place to get connected. Um, so I think that's kind of like what we've arrived at so far with little tweaks here and there along the way. Yeah. But. And, I, you know, I'll just say it's been really fun to sit down with people. I even just had a lunch yesterday with a woman who is pretty new to City Light and she filled out a Connect card, did not select anything, didn't say that she wanted to get involved anywhere, um, but just met with her, heard her story, and um, and there were next steps that, that she's thinking about, but um, it was fun to make that connection and um, just welcome her to yeah. our church. So, um, it's been it's been really fun, uh, but also some people don't want to do that, right? So our, I check in with our staff every week and say, "Hey, how are the connections going?" And we get ghosted, and you know, people fill out the card, but they don't 
you know, they're, oh, oh, I don't know if I want to meet with you. And so it's fine, but we want to to offer that and, and make that available. And for anyone who wants that personal connection, we want it to be available for yeah. them. So absolutely. Uh, I would love to dive a little bit more into uh, some of those connections that we're having uh, for you. What are some of the biggest reasons or the biggest benefits of doing connections this way now? Well, I, I just have to say, I think the combination, so I'm, I'm on the, path of trying to visit every single city group. Um, I know many of our city group leaders personally, uh, but there is just something about going to that group and just experiencing the culture of that group and seeing who all is there and getting to know people's stories. Um, I feel like that in conjunction with meeting people personally, it's like I can be the yenta of city groups, not like I'm setting people up, but but actually uh, just discerning um, who I think would, would connect well with each other. It just makes such a huge difference. And so um, I'm just getting so much joy from having a connections meeting, getting to know somebody, kind of hearing things and going, oh, you know, I think you would really enjoy this group. And then they, they visit and... Um, and say, yeah, hit it off. It was great. And so that just brings me so much joy um, to, to see that happen where, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to find my people here. Like, it is so important in a church like City Light that is so huge. If you do not find your people, um, I think you're missing, you're going to miss out on a really important part of being a Christian, mm-hmm. being in a spiritual family, part of the body of Christ. So um, that's been really fun. Also, I always want to have the opportunity to make sure that people really understand the gospel. And so I've had so many chances to, as I'm hearing people's stories and, you know, pressing in and asking questions, like, I just want them to know that um, it is all by the grace of God and that you know, and, and are they continuing to, to walk in that? Um, and so that's just been, I think, really fun and fruitful too, yeah. to have those conversations. It's been, I don't know, just a joy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think one of the things I'm continually amazed at when I meet with people is I've had so many people who have said, I've been going to churches almost my entire life. And never once have I ever sat down and had a conversation with a staff member like this. Wow. Um, and, and many of them have gone to small churches. Many of them have gone to mega churches. Some of them have been Christians their whole life, and they just happen to move from one place to another. Some of them uh, are nominal Christians who uh, would not describe themselves as fully devoted to Jesus, but they're kind of Christian by heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've been in and out of church their whole life, but they've never had someone sit down and say, hey, just tell me your story and where you're at in your journey. And to me, that is just a huge win to hear somebody say, a staff member has sat down with me, knows my name, knows my story, cares that I'm here, and is helping me take my step of discipleship. Uh, for the amount of, I mean, it takes a little bit of time. It's not like a, a quick process for a staff member between setting up the meeting, having the meeting, passing the person off to their next point of contact. It could be anywhere from 
you know, an hour and 15 minutes, maybe to up to three hours or more, depending on what kind of conversation you're walking into. And so it's not a small investment, but every single time I walk away thinking like, I'm so glad that I had that conversation with that person. Uh, I, I'm also uh, continually amazed, like you use the language of like matchmaking. Mm-hmm. I kind of have used language in my own head of kind of like an organ donation, right? Uh, one of the big factors in organ donation is whether or not there's a close, close enough genetic match for the body to receive the organ, because if there's not, the body will reject the organ. And in the same way, uh, I think one of the things about kind of a self-initiated connections process is, is you're taking a little bit of a shot in the dark as to what group you want to connect to and whether or not you'll be a good fit. And you look at a description on the website and you think, I think that could work, but I don't really know, and you end up trying, and uh, what you thought the description meant on the website isn't what you had in your head, and so you end up in a far different life stage, or your expectations are a little bit skewed, and that makes for a harder transition, whereas if it's personal and there's a handoff to a city group leader, um, it feels like you're able to kind of match the DNA a little bit better to increase the likelihood that there's going to be a good match and therefore a good experience and some real meaningful discipleship. Um, One other thing that I've noticed too is um, there have been a couple times where we've had staff members meet with somebody who's just not in a healthy enough spot to be in a city group. Maybe they've got a a mental illness that uh, is pretty severe and significant and they need to be directed to a care group or to no shame ministries or to counseling or something like that. Uh, or there's been people who, um, your experience with them and your conversation with them makes it very clear that they could be emotionally and spiritually dangerous to somebody in the group. And by having the staff and room with them first, we can kind of protect some of our small groups from, right. um, some of those situations where we're not putting, Um, more on a leader or a group than they have the capacity for and can instead make sure the person we're meeting with gets proper care and discipleship while at the same time making sure that our group leaders aren't overwhelmed with situations that they're just not not equipped or ready for. Right, right. um, I, I would love to talk a little bit about uh, what are some of the things you're hearing from city group leaders? What are some of the things you would love city group leaders to know about our process that might be helpful for them as we kind of move forward? Yeah, I, I am hearing from city group leaders, um, well, especially at Midtown. One of the things that I'm seeing, noticing, recognizing is that uh, people come and go from Midtown. Um, we have a lot of students and young adults who, you know, finish their residency and then they're off to a job somewhere else or whatever. And so um, there can be city groups that uh, can... Uh, I don't know, die, for lack of a better word, just because everybody moves away. Um, And so then they're like, oh, who's going to be, what's going to happen to our group? Um, And so I have been challenging group leaders. Uh, There are a few groups that have never been in that situation. And in fact, um, are all, often need to multiply because uh, they just are always adding, adding, adding. And I want to say, I, I'm thinking of Amy Sacco. She was just in herself a brilliant connector. So I, my question is, is there someone in your group that is an inviter, includer, connector? And can you mobilize them um, specifically to 
uh, just always be on the lookout. She would specifically look for people on Sunday mornings that she had not met, get to know them, ask them how long they've been at City Light, ask them if they've been if they're in a city group, and if they're not in a city group, she'd be like, "Hey, ours meets on Tuesdays. Why don't you come check it out?" And so she was always inviting people to their city group. It was insane. I mean, just beautiful. Um, and now that city group is two city groups. Um, and the Sacos have moved on. They're in, in Texas now. And uh, so now I'm like, okay, new city groups. Who's the Amy Sacco of your group? Who is that person that is going to be intentional about that? But how much better if everyone in your group is has eyes to see people on Sundays? Because way better if somebody invites you personally. Hey, we have a group. Would you like to come? That just feels so much more natural and welcoming um, than even going through a staff person, right? If somebody's just like, hey, I like you. I would love to invite you into discipleship. Um, I, I just feel like if we have eyes to see that we are a family on mission and even there's people sitting we don't have good data but it's probably less than half of our church that are actually connected into city groups so if you just look around on a sunday morning and know that probably 50 percent of the people that you're sitting around are not in community and maybe god would use you as a leader to invite them in and um, and, and help them get connected to family. I think that that would be amazing and beautiful and yeah, missional. So, yeah, I agree. I, I love the fact that you're challenging people to be the Amy Sacco of their group. Like mm -hmm. if group leaders saw themselves as the primary connector to their group and then taught their group members to do the same, I don't think we'd have a problem with the city groups growing because they'd actually be growing too much. Right. right? The harvest is plentiful and that harvest might be sitting right next to you on a Sunday morning. Um, I think also you're like kind of making the distinction between seeing yourself as a host as opposed to a guest on a Sunday morning. Mm. I think sometimes we come into a Sunday morning gathering where we're like, we're the guest. Uh, the pastors and the staff members and the band and the communion servers, they're serving us. We're the guests here and Jesus is home and they're kind of entertaining us or serving us or meeting our needs, which to some degree is true. The uh, staff and the pastors and the band are here to help us engage with Christ and grow. Um, but what if instead of showing up as the guests who, who is seeking to grow and be served, we showed up as hosts who saw ourselves as an extension of Jesus into the church community with eyes to see the people around us who we could invite in to our city group, into our life, into the life of the church through us. I think that one little shift that you're describing here of seeing yourself as an Amy Sacco or a host on a Sunday morning would go a long, long way of almost rendering our connections process obsolete, but also seeing our groups grow. Right. So we've also talked about how uh, the, the, the hardcore or the core DNA of city uh, groups is to be missional communities. So talk a little bit about um, kind of our desire for this connections process to help us live as more missional communities. 
Yeah, so, I mean, there is a difference between a missional community and a small group. Didn't you do a podcast on that? I did, So yeah. people should go back and listen to that. I learned. I was like, wow, okay, thank you for uh, just bringing a lot of clarity to that. Because I even see um, in my own city group uh, that they're, we're kind of in a small group phase um, right now. Um, but I don't want to stay there forever, right? Um you know, there is a time to say, hey, we just need to hunker down, connect, make sure that, you know, we're all okay. And uh, I think that's good and, and beautiful and wise in certain seasons. But if we uh, forget that our groups are uh, supposed to be missional communities, um, then, then we're just running a small groups ministry. And in a small groups model, right, you know, people can stay together for a long, long time. But um maybe we're never reaching the lost um, or we're never discipling new believers into the faith. So I think thinking about that um, and, and recognizing that and remembering that is really important. And we know that the mission of God never goes anywhere without prayer. So I was just even convicted as I was thinking about this, like, am I even praying <laughs> for opportunities for our group to invite others in and and grow um so i would just challenge us all to be people of prayer and to to ask the lord to to do that work Mm -hmm. in us and through us because i think there you and i have talked about the difference between front door growth and side door growth Mm -hmm. front door growth is somebody comes to the sunday gathering and from the sunday gathering they get connected to a city group side door growth is our city group is living on mission, making disciples among our na- neighborhoods and networks, and entering into our city group, and then from our city group, making their way into the Sunday gathering. For a long, long time, even though we really wanted to be missional communities, we grew primarily for, through front door growth because we had this unexpected explosion of people coming to City Light for the very first time. And so we had to create a path to get them from Sunday morning into city groups. Um, and now that our church growth has slowed down to a little bit more manageable pace, we're trying to get back to side door growth. Right. We're really trying to encourage our city groups. Um, we're happy to send people your way. We'd love for you to invite people from Sunday morning into your city group because 50% of them are probably not in a city group. Uh, but more than that, we'd love for our city groups to be thinking and praying and working towards people who don't know Jesus in their neighborhoods and in their networks and inviting them into their city group for discipleship and community. Um, And so we don't want it to be an either or. It's not either you grow by Sunday or not, or you grow by side door growth or not. Uh, We want our groups to be growing by front door growth and side door growth, but we really want to see our, our connections process right now actually kind of spark and motivate a more intentional effort towards side door growth. Right. Um, so I think we just love to see our leaders really focusing on the mission of God and asking themselves, how can we grow through relationship with non-believers, not just through people coming on Sunday mornings? Correct. So with these things in mind, Sarah, uh, what are some encouragements that you would give to our city group leaders uh, now that they're aware of the process? What role would you like them to play? Uh, what would you like them to know or do in light of the things that we've just talked about? Yeah, I think a lot of the things that we've said. So um, challenging your group to uh, be inviters and um, 
you know, remind, remind our groups of the vision and the mission, um, because that will drift and people will forget. Um, so that has to be, uh, reiterated over and over. Um, and so being that vision keeper and caster for your group, I think is really important. And then just some practical, practical things too, as we're connecting people, it is really important that you let us know, um, just the status of your group. So for example, um, one group just changed from Tuesday nights to Wednesday nights. And I happened to just hear that. And I'm like, oh, I should probably update all of our <laughs> website and uh, planning center and everything. And so it would be really helpful for us um, to really know the status of your group. If your group is in a spot where it's not going to be great to invite other people in, new people in, please tell us that because there's nothing more embarrassing than saying, hey, you know, connect with this group leader and then they never hear back. You just feel like, oh, it's painful, right? Mm -hmm. We really want you to get connected. Oh, just kidding. We're going to ghost you. So if, you know, it takes a lot for somebody to reach out and to want to connect. And so uh, we want to match that and exceed that. Um, so just keeping us abreast of what is happening in your group. Um, we want to be in touch. If anything changes, please let us know. I think when we send out this, this podcast, um, we'll send with it the link to our group's sites. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll send that out so that you can look at the website and make sure that your information is correct, that the contact person is correct. Um, that is just so helpful for us uh, to be able to serve you better. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big challenges that we've run into is we try to send somebody to a group that's contact information is no longer up to date. Mm -hmm. And then it creates an awkward moment and the match doesn't work because that person thought it was on a Tuesday, happens to be on a Wednesday. They work on Wednesday nights and now Mm -hmm. it's just not going to work for anybody. So I think it that's going to be huge for people. Just let us know what, what the status of your group is, is really, really big. I'd also just want to say leaders, man, we appreciate you guys. You guys yeah. are working hard. You're making disciples. Many of you are living on mission and we're exceedingly grateful for that. Lives are being changed in your city group. I'd also want to let you guys know it's okay if your group is not at a place where it's really thriving. It's okay if your group is not at a place where it's ready to multiply. Um, we're here to help you guys get to a place where you can thrive and multiply, but we need to know that in order to make sure that we're helping you guys grow and getting into a place where you're ready to receive and connect with new people as well. Um, so wherever you're at in, the, in your city group, whether you're thriving and you're ready to tech on new people, you're ready to multiply or you're struggling and want to get back to a place of health, we just want to continually say uh, we appreciate you, we're here for you, and we want to help coach and guide you guys to that place where uh, you can play a meaningful role in the connections process and your group can just be really healthy and thriving as well. Yeah. So You're doing it. You're awesome. We love you. We're so thankful. Well, that does it for another episode of the City Group Leader Podcast. The podcast is designed to help your city group thrive and multiply by strengthening your leadership one episode at a time. If this content was helpful for you, would you consider sharing it with your co-leaders and your group to help them become connectors and missionaries? 
who not only intentionally invite people into your city group from Sunday morning gatherings, but who are also laboring together to make disciples among your neighborhoods and networks. And if you know someone from another church context who would be helped by thinking about these things or coming up with a connections process like this one, would you consider sharing this content with them as well? Now, as you go, remember, God has called you to lead your group, and because Christ is in you, you have everything you need to lead it well.